I'm J.B. Wogan from Mathematica. Welcome back to On the Evidence, a show that examines what we know about today's most urgent challenges and how we can make progress in addressing them. This week's episode was recorded in February on the day of the inaugural Sadie T.M. Alexander Conference for Economics and Related Fields. The conference is named after Dr. Sadie Tanner Marcel Alexander, the first African-American to receive a PhD in economics. After earning a degree in economics, she was unable to find employment in the profession. Ultimately, she returned to law school and became the first African-American woman to graduate from Penn's Law Schools in 1927 and the first black woman admitted to the Pennsylvania Bar in the same year. My guests are Fanta Trare and Anna Apoko Ajiman, two of the founders of the Sadie Collective, a group whose mission is to inspire more black women to enter and improve the field of economics by adding more diverse perspectives. Now, before we start, I have a few notes. First, when Fanta and Anna talk about the origin story of the Sadie Collective, they make reference to something called the ASA Conference. All you need to know is that it's a national conference for academics in the social sciences, including economics. The three of us also reference comments from guest speakers during the day's events. One is Dr. Julianne Malveaux, a labor economist who wrote an article in the journal The American Economic Review called Missed Opportunity, the Sadie Tanner, Marcel Alexander, and the Economics Profession. Another is Dr. Lael Brainerd, a member of the U.S. Federal Reserve's Board of Governors. We also mentioned Dr. Rhonda V. Sharp, an economist and mathematician who is the president and founder of the Women's Institute for Science, Equity, and Race, and Dr. Lisa D. Cook, professor of economics at Michigan State University. They both participated in a panel on how to help black women succeed in economics. And finally, we referenced Dr. Ray Alexander Minter, who is the daughter of Sadie Alexander. Mathematica hosted the sold-out conference in our DC office. So my name is Fonta Traude. I studied at Howard University and graduated in 2015 with BAs in political science and economics. And I currently work at the Federal Reserve Board of Governors as a research assistant in the International Finance Division. My name is Anna Giftiopoko Adjaman. I go by Anna. I'm a senior graduating from the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, and I major in math and minor in economics. And so, yeah, CEO of the Sadie Collective. Okay. Uh, what was the what's the impetus for this conference today? The conference was inspired by our own lived experiences, being Black women interested in economics and public policy, and finding each other on LinkedIn. And after having that experience and getting to know each other, when we realized that we had a lot of mentors who are similar in common, um, but at the same time, the combination of that experience and the ASA conference, which focuses on getting all economists in the field in one place exposed us to the dearth of black women in the field. So we knew that mentorship has been important for our own personal journeys. We also knew that there is a lack of black women wanting to enter the field. And those two combined and just general experiences that we have with understanding that social justice is very important to the black women that we know, but they're not studying economics. Mm -hmm. The combination of all those three inspired the conference that we have today and is creating a space for black women to connect with one another, but also with organizations who are interested in the diverse voices and opinions that black women bring to the field. Yeah, I think for me, I thought it really covered all the bases. But I would say, in my own experience, going to the ASA conference in 2018 was really eye-opening. I, 
I didn't see myself in a lot of the rooms. Um, I think one experience I had in particular was I went to the Nobel luncheon. So they basically honor the person who recently won the Nobel Prize in economics. And I noticed that the high table was very white. Um, they had a dash of brown. I was an Indian guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I guess when I was sitting in the room, I then noticed when I looked to my left and my right that everybody was basically a white male. And I was like, wait a minute. But economists are asking really interesting questions about education and policy and um, even the market itself. And so, you know, why are our voices being excluded from the conversation? And we, we often hear that people say, well, underrepresented minorities are just choosing not to do economics. And I think when I was in that room, I realized that it really wasn't a choice. It was more so like we don't see ourselves in the space. And so we feel like we can't really enter it in a sense. And so that's sort of why the, the conference exists, to show people that you can enter this space um, and we really need you to. Mm-hmm. And what I'm finding is that there are a lot of people who are the only one in their spaces. Right. So to get them all in a room today, we're seeing the power of it, the power of knowing that you aren't the only one, mm-hmm. knowing that um, if you were considering becoming an economist, you have these examples in front of you who have paved the way, who have done the work, and who can guide you um, is really helpful. And if you don't see anyone around you who has been an economist, how do you say then that I want to be one? Right. So this space is really creating that kind of energy. And I want to get back to the conference and what we've seen so far and your yeah. reactions to it. But just one more question about the prelude to it, which uh, how did you come across uh, Sadie Tanner? How did you first learn about her? So I just want to make a minor correction. Her name is um, Sadie Alexander. Sorry. So why, we, why, why is it called the Sadie Tanner Conference? So it's actually not called the Sadie Tanner Conference anymore. Oh, it's um, okay. the Sadie Alexander Conference or the Sadie TM Alexander Conference for Economics and Related Fields. Okay. And this actually happened or the name change actually happened because we got in touch with her daughter, um, Ray Alexander Minter, whom we heard from today. And she essentially took us through every single one of her surnames, kind of explained to us the history. And she comes from a long lineage of firsts. Um, a lot of um, her family members have essentially been the first in academic and professional spaces. And I think that's really significant that we don't take away from that name. But um, yeah. Yeah. So initially, when we were beginning to name this event, mm-hmm. we knew we wanted to name it after the first black woman in the field. Right. So we started off with finding out that her name was Sadie Tanner Mossa Alexander. And we just thought, Sadie Tanner's short. <laughs> but then we got that history and right. that prompted us to rename it and honor her justly. And did you always know, as people who were interested in economics, that she was the first African-American to we get the degree? Not. I've never heard of her prior to this experience. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So we're excited that people get to hear of her sooner. And actually, <laughs> there's a student here who just shared with me that this is the first conference that she's ever going to. Huh. So the fact that it one that's named after Sadie Tanner Mazel Alexander, the fact that it's one that's very inclusive of her experience as someone who's studying economics mm-hmm. is very hopeful because right. it's just the beginning of her trajectory. Yeah, so I think, um, as I said before um, on NPR, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> congrats on that. Yes, thank you. Um, it was very natural to name it after the first, right? Um, and at first we thought she's the first black woman. Um, at least that's what they have on Wikipedia. But we were corrected a number of times um, by Dr. Lisa D. Cook that she's actually the first black person 
to ever get a PhD in economics. And I think that distinction is very powerful because Mm -hmm. a lot of time, um, as you might, we're going to kind of go through it um, when we talk about the conference, there's this sort of erasure of black women in academia um, and policy. And so it's really important that we recognize that this woman really knocked a lot of doors down. And it was the 1920s, so racism was alive and well. Not to say that it's not alive and well right now, but you could see it. Um, And so the fact that she was able to not only get a PhD in economics, but then say, you know, I can't really do anything with this. I'm going to go to law school. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. And to add on to that, while she did see that she couldn't practice, she was very intentional about mentioning what she learned from her economics training in her speeches. So in her speeches, she's uplifting the intersectional understanding of the Black woman experience and its impact and implications on the U.S. economy. So she was very intentional about doing that in her speeches with the National Urban League Mm -hmm. um, here at the nation's capital. And it's very inspiring to see that nothing set her back. I mean, there was a she was set back by the realities of the time, but she was still very intentional about putting her voice out there and sharing information and data about the black women experience and its impact on the nation's economy. So I wanted to ask about uh, some of the comments from Dr. Malveaux and how she was framing the legacy of mm. uh, of Sadie Alexander and specifically this idea that we need to be aware of how she was excluded from the pl- from the sandbox. When you study uh, economic history, many people would not study Sadie Tanner Moselle Alexander. Why they say, well, she really didn't play in the sandbox. But but making room for Sadie means that we have to take contextual energy into looking at why she couldn't play in the sandbox and what that means for our economic history and the history of exclusion of black women in the economic profession and what that means from a policy perspective. So, I was, you know, do you, did you have any reactions to her, her, her comments there or just her comments from broadly in terms of how we should understand the importance of City Alexander's contributions to economics? I think we, we kind of touched on it in the conference. Um, Dr. Lisa D. Cook, um, as well as Dr. Rhonda V. Sharp, as well as Dr. Malvo, talked about this idea of, you know, racial, racial isolation, right, being the only one. I think until you are the only one, you don't really understand what that means, right? Because you're really sitting in your thoughts and you're sitting in your experience and you're not really able to reflect on how that is affecting you. Um, As one of the students mentioned, I think she's from Berkeley, she said, you know, she's one of two um, black women in her entire department. Um, Berkeley is the top economics department. The fact that there's only two black women is problematic, right? Um, I think with regards to really discussing this sort of exclusionary attitude um, when it comes to economics, you know, we often hear that economics is sort of an old um, boys club. I would add an asterisk and say old white <laughs> boys club. And I think that's really important to, to mention because, you know, we, we can't have these people who are so influential in spaces of academia, policy, industry, only coming from one race and one gender. Um, it's problematic for the rest of us who live in the real world, right? Um, and as... Um, I think Dr. Brainard mentioned, and I think um, Dr. Malvo also touched on this, you know, when you're not including the voices of everybody in the room, sort of the concerns of people are missed or ignored. And that has like tangible effects on communities. And so that's sort of kind of my take from what Malvo said about that. A former professor of mine from Howard University, Dr. William Spriggs, uh, shares to Congress in 2016 
that the Great Recession could have potentially been avoided if there were more researchers who reflected the communities that um, were hit hard by signs that there was a recession coming. So a lot of these predatory loans at the time were being given to communities of color, but there wasn't much research being done around the mortgage crisis, which had a huge role to play in the recession. And the question remains, if there were more economists of color and who represented those groups doing that kind of research, could it have been avoided? And the implications of the global financial crisis continue to persist today. And as someone who is in the International Finance Division, I see some of the implications of that through the data that we see in in current day in emerging market economies especially. Some countries just have never recovered. So that also speaks to the importance of inclusion in the field. Um, in regards to the question about Dr. Malvo's remarks, I think Dr. Alexander Minter, her response about how the Sadie Collective, having this community, could have helped Sadie's experience been so much more fulfilling and more encompassing of who she is and made it less hard. And yeah, that's what we're hoping to build, this supportive structure that is not limited to just this conference, um, but is a community that people can reach out to and... Um, feel supported by. That's a great transition because I was going to ask, I mean, both mm -hmm. Dr. Dr. Brainerd, at, towards the end of her remarks, she talked about how, you know, it's not going to be easy to knock open that door, but if you do it together, it, you know, you can make a material contribution to the future. And then uh, Dr. Minter was also talking about, you know, how important it, it would be, how meaningful it would be to her, her mother to have seen you guys together, you all together. She and my father and my father's sister were all at the University of Pennsylvania. They weren't able to eat in the dining room. They had to eat their lunches outside on the steps of the, one of the major buildings. And my mother talked about how she wasn't called on in class. She talked about how the other women, only women, she doesn't talk about the men, would not recognize her or speak to her if she had a question. And she was lonely. She was isolated. And this field was not open to her, nor were others open to her, other people. And I simply want to say that my mother would be so gratified to have your support, to have you there for her and for each other. And I congratulate you on what you've done. You've helped. You're opening a field and you're making a difference. You, could you talk a little bit about that idea of... of creating the collective, creating the support network? Uh, what inspired you to create this vehicle for, for change? Sure. I'll go ahead and take that first. <laughs> so I honestly think that the collective, um, let me give credit where credit is due. The collective was Fanta's idea. So <laughs> I would say that I talked to her about the conference. So the way that happened really was I was at the University of Chicago this past summer. And it was a great experience um, after I was able to find community. 
Um, so for me, I was sitting in my room and I and I was like, you know, we, we've been talking about underrepresentation um, in the field and I'm actually feeling it now at U Chicago, which as you know, Chicago is a pretty diverse city, but U Chicago is not. Okay. And so um, I texted Fanta and I said, you know, I think we should do a conference for black women in economics, but you know, there's no way I can do it by myself. Like you have to be a part of this and you have to help me get through this. And she was like, say less, you know, I absolutely will, will, will be on board. And so literally we started from, I believe, August and we kind of just came up with this idea of, you know, how do we create community for black women? How do we create community for ourselves? Honestly, it was a selfish desire in a sense. Um, but we are also, we didn't really, I, I think for me, it didn't really hit me and now it's starting to hit me <laughs> that this community was so like impactful until we, we officially launched in October. So when we came up with this collective and this conference, the idea was that we would invite local students, so students from UMBC, Howard, um, you know, GW. All of a sudden, we get messages from people from Berkeley. Someone is yeah. here from Canada. Yeah. What? Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It and was, just to ahead. clarify for listeners who don't know, this is happening today in the D.C. office yes. of Mathematica, so local to the D.C. region. Right. Exactly. And so the fact that there's not even all the Howard students that could be coming aren't even here right now. Yeah. Right? That's we crazy. We had to say no. <laughs> we sold out, I think, within two weeks. Yeah. We raised money, um, about $5,000 over the course of three or four days. Yes. And, and go ahead. Add, go ahead. We didn't plan <laughs> to raise any money. Right. Like, I knew that we could do this without funding. Because right. previously, I worked with entrepreneurs and in South Africa. And I saw how resourceful they are. Mm-hmm. They have visions and they make it happen without um, having the money behind them. And that's just something that I think is very unique to underrepresented groups. You make a way for yourself. So I figured we have Howard alumna in the area. We'll find someone who works at Busboys and will let us get the room for free. Like that's how we envisioned it. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to add that bit that this is much more than we ever imagined. Mm-hmm. And I also want to say something about the allies who have been really supportive and mm-hmm. behind us. So Mathematica's interest in diversity and inclusion yeah. has been really incredible right. um, in terms of how they let us plan this event and have been engaged every step of the way. Yeah. They also backed us before we even had like a proper donation right, right. <laughs> for the conference. Um, so that says a lot about their trust and faith in the work that we're doing. And then also the student who is from Canada, she heard about this through her professor. So it's a lot of different econ departments right. who've been really intentional about having their students come. So we have a few students from UC Berkeley. Mm-hmm. We have a few students from University of Maryland, mm-hmm. a few from Williams College, five students from Williams College. Mm-hmm. And that really shows that there is a commitment to diversity in the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a long way to go still. Right. Seven black women out of 1,150 got a PhD in 2017. Um, but we're, we're going to create the space for ourselves. We mm-hmm. are already. What's next after this conference, mm-hmm. after the success of this conference? What do you plan next? So the City Collective, first and foremost, is an organization, right? So we're hoping to eventually get nonprofit status um, and really sort of build on our structure, the foundation that we've built right now. I'm, I'm a big picture kind of person. So Fanta is the person who does all the details, and thank God. <laughs> and so honestly, there is an organization that exists called the National Society of Black Engineers. And I would say they probably started a little bit similar to us. They realized that there wasn't a lot of Black people in the space, um, and they created community out of that. 
And now that community has grown to 10,000. 10,000 students attending the annual convention. And that is where I see the Sadie Collective um, in about five to six years. Um, I would say within this year, we're hoping maybe to plan maybe one more event, um, but really think about, you know, how do we keep these black women connected? Um, that mm-hmm. is sort of our biggest priority here. I think someone even came up to me after um, I made an announcement about the career recruitment fair and said, how, are we, how am I gonna keep in contact with the person next to me? You guys should create a group chat or something like that. And so we're hoping that we can sort of preserve that community because people really need it. As Fanta mentioned, we are dealing with people who are the only ones in their space. And so if we can keep them connected, we like Fanta and I are working together. You know, as um, Rhonda V. Sharp said, you know, we got connected over LinkedIn. Right. Um, Imagine if we had been close proximity together. Imagine if there was another person. I mean, we have a huge we have a team. Right. I think a lot of times people will will look at Fanta and I and say, oh, you know, y'all really did that. And we're like, oh. We have a huge team, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a team of fantastic young women, um, Jada Hauser, Kayla Jones, um, Shayo Adelaide, um, Georgian Ryan, and Mikkel Richburg, who really came together and said, yeah, we believe you. Even when we were like, uh, you know? Yeah. And I think that is critical. You really need that community to make things happen. And as you mentioned, um, if we all work together, we can definitely knock those doors down. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And also something I want to emphasize is that the collective is a group of individuals. Um, So when I, okay, let me just backtrack. (laughs) So the Sadie Collective involves everyone who's here. Right. That includes the panelists, the keynote speakers, that includes the organizing team, and everyone who is in the audience. I really want to emphasize that because this is not our doing alone in no way, shape, or form. Like our panelists, they flew in from their respective institutions, our keynote speakers as well, the Ray Alexander Minter family, Sadie Alexander herself, she is the Sadie Collective. So I really want people to own that and some of the ways that we envision this work unfolding could look like having a blog where everyone posts their ideas and their research and that kind of thing. Um, It's really going to be sourced by the scholars that are in this network. And it's not just us at all. Right. Yeah. So um, maybe for a last question, I'll just open it up to you about, you know, impressions from the morning, anything that really stood out or something that was a particularly powerful moment for you? I think for me, um, I've been telling the team, none of this has like, I haven't internalized anything yet in the sense that like I I'm looking at I remember I, I saw Dave Roberts um, who works here at Mathematica and I said those are real people like they actually came yeah. they did this and that's that's really insane to me right um, I'm somebody who's always been a table shaker I shake the table everywhere I go and I'm a troublemaker in a sense but I think the fact that Fanta, myself, and the team, as well as the entire body of folks who attended this conference today, the fact that they're here is a highlight, probably a highlight of my year, honestly. And kind of hearing the, mm, yes, you know, during panels, and stuff. you don't hear that at economic seminars, the snaps, you don't, that's not the energy. Um, and the fact that we're in the room and we get to talk about real things that matter to us um, and hear from essentially some of the best minds in the world. Um, is is all inspiring in itself, and the fact that other, I think the fact that Ray Alexander Minter is here, you know, seeing her, she was squeezing my hand so tight, and I was just like, wow. She's like, you're real. I can't believe you're real. And oh I, my God. Yeah, I was trying not to cry. So. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So when I heard Dr. Ray Alexander Minter speak, 
that that brought tears to my eyes when she said Sadie would have loved to have a community mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. But overall, we're here. Wow. <laughs> it's been a lot of work. A lot of work. <laughs> and it's also been very selfless and felt like the right thing to do. Yeah. For me personally, I think organizing and like Organizing communities has always been really important to me. And this felt very effortless to do when we started having the conversation. It just felt like the right thing to do. It just feels right. It feels feels great. Yeah. Thanks again to our guests, Fanta and Anna. You can follow both of these budding economists on Twitter. Fanta is at the Fanta Trare, and Anna is at its Apronomics. We have a blog to accompany this episode with quotes from Fanta, Anna, and other participants at the conference. In the show notes, I'll include a link to Dr. Malveaux's 1991 article on Sadie Alexander, as well as a few sources on what we know about the underrepresentation of black women in the field of economics. And thanks for listening to On the Evidence, the Mathematica podcast. If you like what you hear, please find us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and leave us a review. You can also follow me on Twitter, at JV Wogan. 